0: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, and Tundalken Cabin. Discover the all-new Renault Arcana at Blackstone Motors that comes with a five-year warranty. Call us now to arrange a test drive or visit
2: blackstonemotors.ie for more details. Good afternoon, you're very welcome along to The Late Lunch with me, Alison O'Reilly and of course Louise Walsh is here too. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, we're here until half past three today so as always that you can text or WhatsApp us on 086 1800 658 or you can email us at info at lmfm.ie. Now coming up on today's show, Garth Brooks is planning a series of shows here in Ireland and it's absolutely mayhem outside Crow Park. Uh, all morning I live near Crow Park. And there's just been reporter after reporter doing lives into every show going um, about the buzz that's up there today. But where will you buy your tickets? That's a big thing. Louise, are you a Garth Brooks fan? I would be huge, but I do like some of his stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, hmm. i not, not a fan at all. Really? Never. No, I had an editor. Never he- did the line dance in no, 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 I was an Irish dancer. I'd be betraying the Irish dancers if I did that. No, because I had this editor once who was always singing that song, The Dance. And the editor also was a little bit annoying. Uh, so, yeah, I think he put me off Garth Brooks. But I, can't, I just, the, the, the fans and the buzz is unreal about the whole thing. There's something about him, yeah. Yeah, um, well I mean if you're a Garth Brooks fan do text us here on 086 Also on the show we'll be speaking to a concert in the planning next year that's aimed at raising funds to find the 9,000 missing children who died in the mother and baby homes We'll also hear the plight of Shane McGill who is being cared for by his partner in Australia as their mothers are trying to get over to see them And one glamorous goggle box mammy is counting down the days to her 50th birthday We'll also be doing some... <laughs> laughing yoga. That's your idea, Louise, from yesterday. Well, I had to prove.
3: You know, you kind of <laughs> doubted me.
2: Laughing <laughs> laugh yoga. Oh, i laughing now. So I want to see how this works. I want to see if it's a forced laugh or then the laugh just come natural? So don't say anything. I, don't, I didn't even look it up. I'm totally blind to this, so I'm dying to know what it's all about. And uh, we'll, of course, be hearing from one man who's making calls to so many local councils all across the country to try and have a national memorial park for anyone. Who's been affected by COVID 19? We'll certainly remember this pandemic till the end of our days and it'll be in the history books and everything. But first, Garth Brooks is planning those big concerts in Crow Park. But are you one of the people that would have queued in those mad queues? People staying overnight, people having the crack, people cooking, people sleepy heads on the news the next day. And... Um, what if you can't queue because it's COVID-19? Well, Joe Tierney from Tierney's News Agents in Navan and County Meath is on the line. Joe, how are you?
1: Alison, the very best.
2: Good, Thanks good, good. good. This big thing now about tickets, I mean, it's, it's pretty much an event in itself, isn't it?
1: Yeah, there's there's the whole um, build-up and and the the expectation and then the the realisation. As you say, I can only imagine what it would have been like outside Cook Park. It's the first place you go to pitch your event at the moment to do an interview and then imagine it eight or nine months down the line on a sunny summer's evening with 80,000 people packed in. We've been starved of all events that have had
2: capacity
1: crowds in them. So any kind of a a whiff of of, uh, hope even at this stage where it's it's not definite, but every little rumour will add fuel to the fire and eventually you'll have a date set and so for the concert and then you'll have your, the announcement and the tickets go and fail. And that's where the difference will run between this year and pre-COVID. I mean, you've mentioned there, you know, the effect COVID has had. Mm. Some things will never come back. And unfortunately, one of those things would appear to be being able to go in in person and queue up for tickets for concerts
2: and are you saying never ever Joe
1: never ever there were 45 Ticketmaster outlets around the country Uh, they served mostly uh, a county each or in in the built up cities You, you had two or three of them and, of course, the site that people remember from photographs and newspapers and and from uh, TV would have been queues spiralling down the street round the side alley and people there since four or five o'clock the night before. Almost like a rite of passage for younger people who would have wanted to go to Longitude and Electric Picnic and mm-hmm. the like. But as soon as COVID came in last year, as soon as concerts started getting cancelled, people coming back looking for their, their return on their investment, Uh, Ticketmaster made the decision that they were going to go fully online from there. I think part of it is that they probably would have been looking at that a few years down the road because in, in reality, if you're going to sell three nights in a row or four nights with Art Brooks or Bruce Springsteen, you could sell them all in five minutes off a keyboard. You don't actually need the assistance of a retail store, and that's probably where they were thinking from. I know, but um, I Joe, also, that, that
2: was yeah. pretty much an event in itself, though. I mean, people really there were absolute die-hard ticket cures.
1: Yeah, and and we knew them, and we we ourselves only had Ticketmaster as an agency for eight years. And it was in our very first year that we had it that the tickets went on sale for our group. So if you can imagine having no experience of of this uh, agency and suddenly you're fa- you're faced with initially three concerts going on sale with 240,000 tickets available and you know from the demand from days before and you know that they're queuing up before you close the shop the night before and you have one person manning a queue, you have one person printing tickets, you have one person putting them in an envelope, you have one person... Uh, T- taking for the the, the tickets and you've one other person trying to keep everything else that you sell in your store going mm. it was it was it was a festival it was a, a military operation mm. i mean we we just we kept we kept printing as long as there were tickets there
2: yeah.
1: and at the end of it we just felt totally wrecked and then a few days later you hear there's another two concerts going on sale and you're just thinking this is christmas week all over again for oh, we didn't mind being tired it was it was a, an incredible buzz and I always, I always equated it to selling happiness. I always was envious of friends of mine who were in the travel in, industry because if you went in and booked a, a holiday somewhere, you were so grateful to that person who you had just spent a couple of thousand with because he had reserved to selling you for something to look forward to, like two weeks in Lanzarote or the Caribbean or wherever. And we we experienced the same when people came in and got the tickets, but their money that they had queued for, but they'd be so appreciative and so thankful, yeah. you know. And then we'd see them again on and the concert would actually happen because we would be running the buses to the, to the event. So it was a lovely, lovely part of, of our business. Mm-hmm. And we, we're we now going to, we know, it's only now we're really starting to miss it because if you think about it from March of last year, the whole thing was about cancellations and nothing happening. But now the hope is back that concerts are about to, to start happening again. And even though we have it well publicised that we're no longer Ticketmaster Agents, so many people still expect us as the go-to place, and we got an a, a early sense of what's going to be like when the the Mead ladies got to, to the All Ireland final. Because, um, and in fact, it, it looks as if Ticketmaster didn't handle that terribly well anyway. But the amount of inquiries we got from people for those tickets, so it's it's a terrible shame um but to to, to say never never yes uh, i i do believe i think part of the reasoning is that going forward the technology will be such that all your tickets are actually on your phone like mm-hmm. a qr code similar to what you have as a, an airline ticket and it it's not even envisaged that you're going to be printing them off um off your computer or having them you know as an email on your phone it will be just a dedicated Directly to your phone QR code, you know.
2: That is so sad to hear. That's like the end of an era.
1: Oh, hugely! You take you take the people who, when electric picnic came along, and, and I mean we different age groups for everything, but those people who used to come in with their three bands from the three different electric picnics that they'd been to, so that they could get the ultimate uh, discount, and they would tell you they would come down with their their um, their, their coffee flask and and their seat and their rug. And no matter what the weather was overnight, it it added to the enjoyment of the concert, how they got the ticket. Mm, so mm-hmm. Those people, and look, we, we all know it, there's a, a tremendous amount of people out there who are not uh, computer savvy. And even if they are, they're going to be this situation where you're sitting in front of a computer for two or three hours hoping for tickets and then mm. your time
4: runs
1: out again. Yeah, I Even mean, when, I've, when, I've
2: been there. You know. I've been there and I found it yeah. an absolute nightmare. I remember years ago, do you remember when the tickets for Slane would would be put on and people, I got a ticket for Slane! <laughs> just yeah. the absolute buzz. But I am one of those people who... Struggles with those queues online, and you're it's you know, it's like a lottery or something, isn't it? You're just like, you're standing there with your card, and you've only got a few minutes to do it, and it's it's panic, there's no fun in it whatsoever. Yeah. And then it, you it, know, it's
1: it's a strange one. We, we never ever promised people that they'd be a guaranteed a ticket because you could never do that, you mm. just didn't know how many there was. But time and time and time again, people would join the queue very late in the morning, an hour after the ticket had gone on sale. And they'd come in and be surprised that we still were able to print them off. Yeah, they said that they'd left their computer at home after two hours looking at it and nothing happening.
2: And so just chance their arm, were and we're lucky. Yeah, and and in most cases they were. So um,
1: unfortunately, I presume the systems are going to have to be an awful lot better. But ultimately, if if Garth does two nights, and to, to hear you there discussing that, there is there will be a huge groundswell of of interest in this. Mm. And if he does two nights. Which is 40% of what he was previously sold out for. Um, there's going to be no problem selling those shows. Plus, people just want, to, at this stage, will buy for anything to go to. Mm. You know? Oh yeah. I've, I, I've a I've a feeling if if any band got together in the morning and there was guarantee that this is 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 an event for your diary to to aim for for next year, um, I think it would sell. So if, this is going to create tremendous uh, interest if it's confirmed and when the date comes. And we will still be fending off people saying, unfortunately, we are no longer a master agent. So look, it, it's it, it's like other things that you know we're already looking at the demise of cash. Everything has gone mm. uh, contactless and card, and it's it, you know, you, you you regret it for a while, but you move on and you just accept the new format for, for how things are done.
2: And, and as you said, life goes on, and uh, we'll all have to become a little bit more computer savvy. But look, um, I'm very sorry to hear that, Joe. But thanks for joining us here on the late lunch to uh, let us know about the end of an era with the Ticketmaster tickets.
1: Not at all, Alison, and, and as I say, um. I'm looking forward to how the the laughing yoga goes because Louise would definitely be be, be worth seeing at that, I can tell you.
2: I'll take a few pictures. Yeah, please do. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. That's bye Joe bye. Tierney there from uh, Tierney's News Agents in Navan in County Meath. We're going to take a break now and we'll be speaking to Rachel Kew about her campaign to find the 9,000 missing children. Welcome back to The Late Lunch with me, Alison O'Reilly. Do get in touch with us. We're here until half past three. You can text or WhatsApp us on... or you can email us at info at lmfm.ie Still to come we've got a glamorous glamorous mammy going to Count down the days to her 50th birthday and we'll be doing some laughing yoga. So there you go. Laughing yoga it is. But first, we're going to hear from Rachel Kyo, who is planning a very big concert next year to highlight the plight of the 9000 children who died in the mother and baby homes. While she's also fundraising to take matters into her hands, into her own hands and to have the grounds of some of these graves where the children are believed to be buried, scanned for further investigations. Rachel's on the line now. Rachel, how are you? Hi Alison, how are you? Great to have you on, Rachel. Um, This concert now, tell us a bit about it. I know it's only in planning at the moment, but you've had a good reaction to it so far.
5: Absolutely, Alison. It's been, um, just given the nature of it, I suppose it's been really, really positive. I suppose I've been planning it since the government came out with the apology around January. Um, and I suppose it's just av- everything that the mothers had gone through. And, you know, I was heavily involved with the survivors, got to, let, to know a lot of their stories. And um, I just kind of felt like that, um, you know, that not only did we need to actually shine a light on this a little bit more, but to actually celebrate them you know, um and, and celebrate their their courage and resilience with, you know, coming forward with their testimony. So, um I decided to actually set up a GoFundMe um to put on this event but I suppose what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get the grounds of Sean Ross Abbey scanned um, because there's suspected to be 1090 babies unaccounted for there
2: Now so just to explain to our listeners scanning the grounds is a non-invasive radar heat-seeking treatment that just detects anomalies isn't that what it does?
5: That's exactly what it is, Alison, yeah. So they've done it um, in 2015, as you know, uh, when Catherine Corliss, when she kept pushing to find out about the babies in Chum, um, the same engineers that we want to get to scan the grounds of Sean Ross Abbey, they scanned Chum and they found the 796 babies there. It's non-intrusive, non-invasive, um, non-obstructive, completely legal. Um, we have full permission to do that as well. Um, Sean Ross Abbey is the only home in Ireland that's not state-run, and um, it's it is privately owned. But the the burial grounds aren't private so it is something that we're we're able to access
2: you know. And I suppose when you detect anomalies then that's when you kind of have a bit more momentum to push for further um, excavations like test excavations which again is not massively intrusive but it takes samples away because I think with Sean Ross Abbey um, they have scanned the grounds there but there's areas of that land, it's a vast amount of land as you know but they've scanned only parts of it, isn't that the problem.
5: That's right yeah I mean they went in, I went down onto the grounds there recently and I was looking at the angels plot and they, they did scan, it was just a strip of land there and they found I know it is still very delicate and very sensitive but they did find um, anomalies to make up 10 of the babies that were buried on the grounds but we were walking around the grounds and it, it's a significant area um, that, that I want to get scanned Um so you know I suppose I kind of set this thing up in a way that the, the event is kind of in ways a buffer in ways to celebrate the women but also to kind of raise enough money because I basically need around 20 grand um, to pay the engineers and um, because I want high tech scanners that go like 4 metres deep um, and to scan a huge amount of the grounds. If you look from an aerial view onto onto maps of Sean Ross Abbey you, you know you can kind of there are certain areas that I
2: like scant and Sean Ross job. Abbey, of course, is um was made famous by the Oscar nominated film Philomena, uh, so yeah. it's in Ross in Tipperary, there. But, Rachel, yeah. why do you want to do this?
5: Um, um, but I suppose Alison you know I, obviously I, you know, I got involved with the show that you were doing the Stay With Me Art Show initially as an artist and um, I suppose I have my own personal reasons as well I have history with the industrial schools and I think a lot of people in Ireland would either have family members or they'd know somebody that was in either one of the homes or the industrial schools um, and I got invited into the survivor groups and I got to know a lot of them and I think Alison once you once you really understand our history and what went on and what the the women had to go through, which wasn't that long ago. I mean, the last home closed in 1998. That's only around the corner. It's still very, very close to the bone, but I, I kind of felt like that we would get great engagement with the art show, but I just couldn't believe the silence afterwards. And um, I think I, I realised that, you know, the way to reach people was through art. We did get great engagement with that, but I just wanted to kind of extend it a little bit further um, because, you know, um, there's, I mean there's 13 different mother and baby homes in Ireland with two county homes but John Ross Abbey is one home that we actually can access and I just think if you have any decency at all in you and if you understand what has happened and the survivors really have been dragged through the mud you know and um, they've put, been put through so much and this is something that we are able to do so in ways it was like it's a call to action really Yeah know? and
2: also I think as well you know the, the report uh, the final publication of the Mother and Baby Homes report that you referred to there that was published in January that's where it identified 9,000 children had died in these Mother and Baby Homes but I think the main thing that seems to have been lost and I'm not taking away from the survival and their mothers because they are the heroes of, of this terrible, terrible dark era. But these children have never been found. They have never been identified. OK, we have names for babies in Bespera in Cork. We have names for babies in Seán Ross Abbey. And we have names for babies in And um, But that took a bit of investigative work to do that. However, we don't actually know if they are buried on those grounds apart from this report carried out by the commission that says there's only about 40 graves in Ross Abbey. So where's the 1090 the, and the two ledgers? And, you know, the nuns kept a ledger and the official register was different. It's very, very yeah. messy. But I think the main thing here is these children are missing.
5: Yeah, well, that's right, Alison. I mean, you know, obviously yourself and Catherine, you broke the story in 2014. And since then, um, the Commission of Inquiry was set up. And it took all of that that time up until January for them to come out and to apologise. And I think a lot of the survivors were, weren't happy with the apology and with the, the way the whole Commission of Inquiry was set up. I think they felt that it was very misleading from the very beginning. It didn't reflect their testimonies. As we know, you know, files went missing records were sealed, then files were found again, so but when they came out with a commission of inquiry it all happened so quickly and then they started to change the burial bill, so it's been an awful lot for the survivors to take in, you know Um, and in the midst of all of this, you know, we're told that there's 9,000 babies that have died at the hands of the church and state and I think people are still trying to take that in, you know but if you compare Ireland to Canada, who recently found, I mean they've over, they've found thousands of babies now that died in the same circumstances but when they initially found the 2,215 babies in Kamloops Residential School in Canada they immediately declared a genocide straight away. I know
2: and and some of the the Red Sioux got those babies home and I don't know if you saw if anybody out there saw the video footage of the burials but I mean it was deeply moving I mean they stood yeah. in the grave they actually stood climbed into the graves of the children and put them down into the ground oh my god it was so moving I never saw anything like it in my life um, but they yeah. got those children home and really you know yeah. I, I I fully support Truth and justice. And I, you know, I've always stood by the children who died because they're Ireland's forgotten children. I know not forgotten in their mothers' and families' hearts, but they have seemed to be forgotten by the state, the church and state here. And uh, again, until they're found, I don't think the story is over.
5: Absolutely not Alison you know and I think that because of the way things were dealt with in Ireland um, and everything people are going through so much with the pandemic as well is that people probably just feel very disillusioned about the whole thing and it's like what do you even do? Mm-hmm. Where do you begin? And I just think that this is one area that we can kind of start off with you know it is we do have access to Sean Ross Abbey everything is organised um, we, we confirmed an amazing venue we're mm-hmm. hoping to do this uh, the concert around probably February, we have um, really big names, musicians that are willing to perform to contribute towards this as well, Brilliant. Um, which, which is which is amazing. And I want it to be completely survivor centred and um, to celebrate them. And then after that, then we have it organised for the engineers to go in and scan those grounds. You and know, Rachel, I, just yeah.
2: um, before you go, give us your uh, GoFundMe page. So if people want to check it out, if they can
5: Google Rachel Kyo, Sean ross they can get all the information there. Okay. Or they can follow me as well um, on Instagram, I'm uh, the Rachel Kyo. But also we've had a lot of people involved. People are doing hikes. John Lally sorted a, a hike over the weekend. Um, another girl, Leah, done a big yoga class. Um, loads of people are getting involved across a whole broad of, you know, different fields from sports to holistics. Yeah, it's Great,
3: very, very that's positive.
2: brilliant, Rachel. Well, look, we'll yeah. leave you go there and thanks very much for joining us here on The Late Lunch. That's Rachel Kyo there who is on a mission to find the 9,000 missing babies who died in the mother and baby homes. We'll head to news and sport next. You're very welcome back to The Late Lunch with me, Alison O'Reilly. We're here until half past three, so do get in touch with us. You can email us at info at lmfm.ie or text 86 You can WhatsApp us as well. Uh, Still to come on the show, Yemi Andy Uga is turning 50. You'll know her from Gogglebox. She's absolutely gorgeous and she's shouting it from the rooftops that she is turning 50 and wants the whole world to know. Um, Also, we'll be talking about uh, laughing yoga and we will be speaking to John Kyo, who is calling for a national memorial park for COVID victims and uh, their families as well given that we've had one of the worst years in our lives and uh, he'd like people to be remembered in that way. But first a fundraiser is on the way to help two mothers fly to Australia to visit a young couple who've been struck by tragedy. Shane McGill from Kells left for Australia with his partner Michelle years ago and they've settled there. However Shane is now fighting a brain tumour and their mothers want to get over there to see him. Now his cousin Serena Gavin is on the line. Serena how are you? Hi Alison, how are you? Thanks very much for joining us here on The Late Lunch. Tell us about your cousin Shane.
6: Oh, so Shane Shane um, and Michelle, Shane is going to be 38 on Friday. Um, Shane and Michelle um, are together 11 years and just a little over 10 years ago they decided to, to go to Australia for a year just to, to travel and see how they liked it. And They fell in love with the country and decided to settle down there and um, got themselves their jobs or whatever bought their house about 5 or 6 years ago and of course had baby Harlow 2 years ago, who's their pride and joy um, and Unfortunately, the devastating news struck there about five weeks ago. Shane began to feel unwell um, and he put it down to maybe it was his asthma playing up that he had years earlier. um, And his speech started to slur, so the doctors referred them for for more tests um, and discovered that he had a lesion on his brain, which was a a brain tumour. Unfortunately, uh, the the diagnosis wasn't great. It's it's terminal... uh, uh, brain cancer um, stage 4 so um, we're trying our best now to get Mary and and Kathy over to Australia because they need to be there for Shane starting his treatment tomorrow so uh, that's our fight now is to get the, the two mammies over to, to be able to help out
2: And And not just on top of the awful news hit by your family and friends but that oh. we're in the middle of a pandemic, trying to get yeah. into Australia is very difficult
6: absolutely devastating Alison Um, like uh, on the normal course of events you know it it is a a distance anyway to get to to Shane but you know without Covid it would have been straight away get uh, the visas get the flights over the go do you know what I mean Um, but with the the Covid it's just making it all the more difficult in that there's so much red tape that we have to go through um, with applying for visas applying for travel exemption Um, and then if the mothers do get over there then it's the quarantine then for two weeks there the problem with flights, uh, economy flights are are not uh, they're not taking passengers. Um, so we're having all this trouble with trying to get flights now as well. Um, and then we were we were we were hit with a bit of good news this morning in that in that Kathy has been granted her visa and her travel exemption, but unfortunately Mary has been refused, which is devastating for us. Um, That's uh, Yeah.
3: Dreadful. Yeah, absolutely
6: dreadful yeah yeah, we're devastated because um, you know Cathy they need each other Mary and Cathy need each other to get over there it's very very tough on them both um, and um, so we're we're trying to, to raise awareness now and try and, and fight and try and get Mary her visa and her, mm. her travel exemption to get her over there because not only does Shane need his mother but Michelle needs her mother too you know absolutely. they need the support
2: absolutely yeah. of course they yeah. do um, have you had a chance to speak to Shane is that possible? Yeah, yeah. I've been speaking to him, um
6: I've been speaking to himself and Michelle um a lot over the last few weeks. Um and um you know, they're 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 devastated um with the news obviously, um and even more devastated that their parents can't get over to them um that they, they need them there and, and you know, in fact Shane is is on the phone a lot and he's apologizing to his mother for this, you know what I mean, and, and it's not his fault at all, you know, and you know, it's heartbreaking to, to see the two mothers and to see the pain and and being a mother of an only child myself, I, I've never witnessed the pain that I see in Cathy. In and, 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 and that's why the drive to get her there and get Mary there to support them. Uh, because Shane is beginning his six-week treatment now tomorrow, uh, where he'll have uh, radium uh, for six weeks, five days a week. And he'll be on a chemo tablet uh, for, for probably about 12 months. Um but uh, the prognosis is, you know, 15, 15 months to three years. So we're, we're um, aiming to get uh, Kathy and Mary said over there to be able to support them during the, this um, treatment. And then Shane, Michelle and Harlow want to come home with Mary and Kathy and finish the treatment here at home. They want to come home to family and friends.
2: I was going to ask you, is it possible to get him home? Well, you're talking huge money.
6: Absolutely huge money, yeah. Um, like, I mean, even the flights that we we did manage to secure for a few days that we had to let go for for Kathy and and for Mary to go over to Australia, it was fourteen thousand sterling, and that was from London. Never mind from Dublin. We had to get flights from Dublin to London, mm-hmm. and plus the quarantine, which we we think is about two or three thousand each for for the two weeks in Australia when they get there. And um, so the cost of of everybody coming home then is going to be even even more again, you know. So um, I had set up the GoFundMe page um, last week with permission of Shane, Michelle and the and McGowan and Farrell Families um, in order to try and, and raise funds for that. And I mean, the support has been absolutely amazing, Alison. Um, at the minute, I've just checked it a few minutes ago, it's at 45,000 already. Um, it's, it's amazing. Like, people are so good. And, like, the town of Kells have been so good because obviously they're a young couple from Kells the people in Australia, Irish people, strangers, everybody is donating to this because it's such a sad story, you know?
2: It's absolutely heartbreaking to be hit with something like that, not just while a family's on the other side of the world, but in the middle of a pandemic. I'm looking absolutely. at your fund your your GoFundMe page now. It's called Help Shane Fight This Illness. Forty five thousand one hundred and seventy eight and your goal is sixty thousand. You're not far away. Yeah. Yeah, no, not far away. We started off um,
6: thinking that, you know, maybe 20,000, you know, might get us a start to it. And it was was flying up and I increased it to 40,000. When we started pricing around and seeing the the cost of everything, we knew we needed to increase it and then increase it to 60,000. But it's absolutely flying. And I have to say, the businesses in the town of Kells are absolutely fantastic. We have um, a Gaelic for Mothers uh, team um, and the girls on that team have organised a fundraiser this weekend um, where they're doing um, um, Mothers against Fathers in a Gaelic uh, uh, game, we'll say, um, over in, in the Gaelic Centre in Kells and there's um, a cake sale and there's um, a raffle after it and the businesses of this town have donated so much the girls from the team have been around the town all morning and it's just amazing they're popping in, everything that they're getting off the businesses in the town, the is amazing um, and then at the weekend as well um, the, the estate that Cathy grew up in Windy City, they held um, a fundraiser and raised over 1500 euro um, they had it at the Windy City Olympics which was great crack and you know, all the these things are helping Kathy, and as well as that, then Ben and Lily's coffee shop down in the business park in Kells. Um, they also had a fundraiser on Saturday, and they raised seventeen hundred and fifty. Um, as well, so like it's just amazing what mm. people
2: are doing. I know I can, really that, I can see that. I can see the, that the the donations are absolutely flying, and yeah. you've already had seven hundred and thirty eight donors. And I yeah. see the Windy City residents here. I yeah. mean, you know what a what a, what a great testament to to yeah. this couple and their family and an extended family as well. Um, but uh, the mummies are not doing great. They're stressed no. out and no, they're
6: very stressed out. And as stressed as they. Are, Shane and Michelle are even more stressed over there because, um, you know, they, they're they worrying about... Firstly, they were worrying about, uh, you know, the financial aspect of it for their mm-hmm. parents, um, which is w- why the GoFundMe was set up initially to, to, to try and ease that burden for them, you know, because the less stress that they have now, you know, they, they need all their energy to put into this uh, treatment for Shane. Um, so, um, and then the mammy's now with one mammy being approved, as in Kathy and, and Mary not, like we're distraught, we really need Mary to go with Kathy. Cathy you know, is going through a very tough time it's her only child, she needs support on the flight, like some of the flights that I was looking at today, I was on my lunch break today of work and I was looking at flights and some of the flights have two or three um, there's no direct flights, so there's two or three um, countries you have to go into to get to Adelaide, like Kathy you need somebody with her there to help her do that, you know. Oh, absolutely, she's in a very distraught state at the moment, you know.
2: Oh, yeah, myself Um, and my mother went to Australia two years ago and it's not an easy trip. I mean, we went from, you know, from Ireland to to Dubai, Dubai to Sydney, Sydney to Melbourne. Oh, my God, we were all over. It was just one And we were on the very last plane. We were flying. We just about made it by the skin of our teeth. You do need that support. I mean, you're travelling for nearly 24 hours.
6: Oh absolutely Um, Actually the flights that The only available flights That were coming up to me today When I was looking um, The flight It's actually 52 hours Because of all the Because of of all the Of course Yeah Mm -hmm. So that on top of Having to isolate for two weeks On her own Like it would not be good For her mental health You know she needs Mary there With her and So we're pushing the drive To get Mary there And Mary's just distraught today You know really distraught Um, I can only imagine You know, was elated this morning thinking I got mine and then looked at the next email and saw that Mary didn't get hers and then that hit her back again. You know, we need to get over this hurdle. We need to get the visa for Mary. We need to get the travel exemption and we need to get them out there.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, Mm. with the great support that you have and, you know, get counsellors involved, get people to write letters. It's all of that, isn't it? It's really all of that. You have to keep pushing.
6: Support is amazing. Like um, uh, this started off with uh, Jerry Hand actually contacted me from Mead Live um, and and just saw the GoFundMe page and just asked, you know, was it okay if he if he ran a story on it? And, and we said absolutely, anything that could that can help, you know, we'd be delighted with. And that's when the it was in the Star and and the Claire Bourne Show got involved and and yourselves and whatever. And um, you know, it's it's just it, it's unbelievable. Like that, you know, we didn't think that our story was. We never thought we'd have to go through this for a start. No. We didn't think that our story was going to get what it did get and the support from the people that's what's that's what's helping the, the two families get through it it's the support from the people and and not only the financial support of the GoFundMe. fund it's the emotional support of mm. people calling to the house you know if you need anything mm. i'm here just sitting having a cup of tea reassuring kathy and mary you will get there you will get your kids we'll do everything we can you know um, it's it's fantastic
2: oh no people in this country are absolutely yeah. incredible has kathy yeah. and mary been over before yeah, Kathy and Mary have been over
6: numerous times. Um, um, but, but this I've is a very went,
2: different, this is a very different it's trip. Very,
6: very different. As I said, like, you know, before it was apply for your visa, your visa was granted, you mm. know, and, and, and off you go, hop on a plane, like, um, you know, um, and all that sort of thing. But, and, and Shane and Michelle in turn have been home as well. But uh, with with this COVID situation, it's so difficult. Like I um, can and, only like, imagine. There's even restrictions around it, like both Kathy and Mary are both fully vaccinated. And uh, from what I can read up on the on the Australian website is they still have to have a COVID test 72 hours before they go to make sure that they're negative, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. But then when they get to that country, then they still have to quarantine for two weeks.
2: Oh, yes. Yeah, very if we, strict. If we
6: fly them into Perth, which is is probably an option. Do they have to quarantine in Perth for two weeks, and then travel to Adelaide and quarantine there because they're in two different states? One is in North uh, Australia or Western Australia, and the other is in in South Australia. So, I mean, there's so much red tape,
2: Alison. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, look, we wish you the very best, and our thoughts are with your family, your friends. And of course, you know, I mean, our hearts are broken now for Shane and Michelle yeah. and Harlow. It's very, very, very yeah. difficult for you. But we are thinking of you. Keep up the good work. You're nearly at your goal. And, you know, you yeah. might need more money after this. You just don't know. Yeah. There'll yeah, be unexpected fees. And, and just before we go, Alison, I just yes. want to say thank
6: you so much for having us. And it's great to highlight the story. And just to let everybody know, we're looking for spectators on Sunday at four o'clock over at the Gaelic Centre. Uh, come and enjoy a family day out. You know, it, it helps Cathy, it helps Mary to get through with with you know talking to people and all that and it also will help with the funding as well to get them to where they need to be
2: Brilliant stuff Serena Gavin thank you so much for joining us here on the Late Lunch and don't forget the GoFundMe page is Help Shane Fight This Illness and you can donate there Thanks a million Serena um, you are very welcome back to the late lunch. Do get in touch with us. The text number or you can WhatsApp us is 086-180-658, 800 or email us at info at lmfm.ie. Uh, just to let you know, a sum of money in a brown wage envelope was found in the car park at Port Beach. So if you are the person who lost that money, um, you can contact us here at LMFM. And again, our telephone number is 041983200. And there'll be some on the line between 9 and 3pm. So 9am to 3pm you can give us a ring. So that's a sum of money in a brown wage envelope was found in the car park at Port Beach and uh, if you are that person, do give us a call here and uh, get in touch anyway. We'd love to hear from you. We're here until half past three. Um, Louise, do you ever have any funny dreams? I'm always having funny dreams. Uh, Do you go into a deep sleep or do you just... No, I'm a
3: very light sleeper. Oh, yeah. Because my kids do be up. You know yourself. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. sleeping an eye that's open. It. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
2: But uh, no. But your kids are babies, aren't they? They're only little ones.
3: Well, one or two of
2: them are, yeah. yeah. Well, they're always your actually, babies. Yeah. I have a actually, 20 year old and he's been my baby forever, you know.
3: He's <laughs> 23 <in> weeks. <laughs> oh, my God, a 20 year old. Um, I actually, the five year old goes to bed with his little teddy bear, you know. Oh. And he says to me the other day, because uh, I have a teenager. Yes. You know, he's kind of grown up now. Yes, yeah. So he said, Mam, you know one of your kids is now grown up but you still have three of us you have <laughs> me and Katrina and Danny who's the teddy bear and I've grown up in a few years uh, when I'm 20 you'll be dead but <laughs> okay. you'll still always have Danny because Danny's zero
2: at 20 you'll be dead yeah yeah that's old you see I'm 20, ancient yeah Yeah, ancient. yeah. 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 well Isn't I'm a desperate. 20 year old and I'm still <laughs> alive and kicking so you know <laughs> <laughs> there's hope for me yet <laughs> <laughs> Unless they they kill me uh, off first. Uh, no, they won't do that. Well, I had this weird dream last night about Drogheda. I'm from Drogheda. And maybe just obviously being back in Drogheda where LMFM is. I know it's the voice of the northeast, but I'm from Drogheda so I've had all these kind of childhood dreams people oh, I hung around lovely. with. You know, the Boxing Club, um, Lucianos or Lucianos. No, but the Boxing Club was a very famous disco in Drogheda. Oh, sorry. And it was, it was over okay. 18 and it was actually a boxing club. It was down in the car park near uh, the back of the town centre in Drogheda. So, uh, that was a very famous disco and you see, you had to be really cool and older to go to that so my older sister Jean always went to that and then when I was about 16 I used to be sneaking there I can say that now I shouldn't have been there You didn't, you didn't but get I out the window <laughs> did you? <laughs> no I was pretending I was going to the no-name and then I was actually going over to the boxing club Sometimes I got in you know, sometimes kind I kinda had a little baby face. So it was kinda hard. Um I had a Vietnamese friend, so she could pass off as any age, as she always said herself. <laughs> so she kind of always got in ahead of us. And you know, she'd go in on her own and just stay there. She'd be like, I met so and so and I met so and so and we'd be all outside. Please let us in, please. <laughs> it was she'd Gisty, <laughs> Gisty McGuffin was the famous doorman. So I was dreaming about all of that last night. It was really weird. Obviously just being back on the home turf. Brought yeah. up all these memories, but there you go. I'm sort and of person. Did you still
3: keep in contact with that girl?
2: Uh, the Vietnamese girl. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen her in years. She moved to Dublin years ago, but I her sister is on my Facebook page. So and uh, but yeah, I kind of um, I left Drogheda when I was about eighteen or something, and I was up and down and up and down, and then I was kind of gone mid twenties. But my family are still here. But yeah, all of that Gisty McGuffin and all, old all discos, the discos, isn't it? All the old discos mm. were in my yeah. So then, if, and if and that any. boxing club was it an actual, it was a, just a boxing club. So when so, you went in, it wasn't. a no, it, at nighttime it came alive. So, so, it was a very, very well it wasn't a known, roller disco. No, but you know, and it was real dark, and probably just a total fire trap, and probably totally like completely health hazards and all the sorts. It was knocked, and it's a car park now. But um, it was. Such a famous place because all the famous bands played there. You know, Our House and uh, Aslan. And they were all quite big at the time. Mm, Massive. So they were all there. Um, And uh, yeah, it used to be heaving. And did they... Were they one of those discos that served, you
3: know, the way you used to have to serve food if you sell. so No, alcohol. no. They had kind of like a no makeshift bar.
2: No, no, that was Luciano's. Yeah, you get the old chicken curry and your ticket. Yeah. But no, the, the boxing club was kind of like a makeshift bar and bottles and cans handed out to you, I think. I don't remember points. Obviously, I wasn't drinking at 16. No, no way. Not. No, no, definitely not. Drinking before I went in not drinking my <laughs> 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 of course I had the sly drink well, so that's what all about being a teenager is uh, drink wisely though you know and I did break a few rules I have to say but there you go so yeah all of those dreams kind of resurfaced last night na- nighttime time and drada and old friends and all that kind of thing so there you go if you have any weird dreams or yeah. you know dreams of melancholy and past and stuff
3: I'd actually dream last night of old friends as well we were all vampire slayers so <laughs>
2: Buffy the Vampire uh Yeah, I'll call you Buffy now. Will I?
3: Yeah. Do you remember uh, her? Just don't want to even go into trying
2: understanding that. Uh, don't. Dream. No. Just I it. loved
3: Buffy. I loved Buffy. I loved Angel. I loved that whole era. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and she was so in love with him, wasn't she? Mm. And they couldn't get it together. No, but they yeah. had that chemistry. They had an yeah. amazing chemistry had and it. a real strong bond. Did she kill him you know? in the end. I don't remember. don't remember the end I might have drifted off before it concluded but she because uh, it kind of it kind of goes a bit weird doesn't it these mm. shows when uh, goes on too long and goes they on have to, to yeah they didn't in. know when to kill it you know kill it if, excuse the pun but uh, yeah they had a very strong bond and they were like you know teenage sweethearts or something like that so you know that doesn't well, really matter. Well I think go. he was about 752 <laughs> Yeah but looked like a teenager <laughs> Yeah Yeah and she was in love with the vampire. so yes yeah Buffy the Vampire Slayer I loved her and she's still gorgeous Michelle Geller. Yeah Still beautiful Stunning. Tiny little thing Anyway we're going to take a break but uh, you can uh, send us a text or WhatsApp us if any weird dreams anything like that even did you watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer 086-1800-658 We'll be back after this Don't speak, no doubt. I'm going to name drop now and say that I actually met Gwen Stefani years and years and years and years ago. She was in MTV recording... Live and Loud show. I don't know if you remember any of those. And uh, Unplugged. She was part of that and she was absolutely lovely. She was actually very, very young at the time. She just recently got married and she is, I'm just looking at her here online, she is still as gorgeous as ever, Gwen Stefani. Uh, Now we hoped to have Yemi Adiuga on today. Uh, She's in Canada at the moment, you see, and uh, we can't get her on the line, but if we can get her tomorrow we will. She's great fun. She is your local uh, representative in uh, Mead. And she's a lovely, lovely woman. She's great crack. She would have actually been on Gogglebox. So you'd know her from there. But she is heading to her 50th birthday. So her 50th birthday. And she thinks that, you know, it's an age that should be celebrated. I don't know if you uh, follow her on Twitter or on social media or whatever, but she's extremely glamorous. She's full of life and uh, I'd say great crack to go out with uh, but she is uh, really counting down the days to her 50th and wants to celebrate your age wants to look good not to look back and be extremely positive as you hit the big 5 Uh, I don't know if you feel that way yourselves about your age. Um, Do you feel like you're getting old? Do you worry about getting old? Is age just a number for you? Are you like me and you're still 18 in your head and never grew up? (laughs) Because I have never grown up. Okay, look, I am sensible and all that in certain things when I need to be. (laughs) or as sensible as I can be, but uh, I still am like 18 in my head. And as my granny always said, you never grow old in your mind. And age is just a number. You see, I suppose the bar was set in our family because my nanny was like nearly 95 when she died and I never considered her old. Uh, my mom is in her 70s and I think she's so, so glamorous and uh, and very, very elegant. So I never look at age like that. I just think if you keep yourself nice and you keep yourself fit and healthy and just do a little bit, you don't have to do too much. Drink plenty of water. That's a great, that's a great thing to have in your life. Um. And also, it's your mentality as well. You know, being positive um, can keep you young as well. You have to keep positive. Don't be so angry. And I know we've loads of things to be angry about, but you have to have some positivity in your life as well. And I think that reflects in your face, It reflects in your attitude, it reflects in your clothes, it reflects in everything and it does actually mirror off other people. But um, there are people who do really worry about their age and they worry about their wrinkles and all that. I don't. I don't care. I just think life is for living and uh, be happy with what you have. And I've had a great life as far as I'm concerned. I've done loads of things I've wanted to do. So I'm uh, generally happy. But don't get on the wrong side of me because I have a very bad temper. But we'll take a break and give you something to laugh about when we come back. Very welcome back to the late launch here on LMFM. Do get in touch with us. 0861800658 is the text number. You can WhatsApp us as well or WhatsApp, WhatsApp. I don't know what way you say it, but loads of people say WhatsApp and WhatsApp. What do you say, Louise? I say WhatsApp. But people, I've heard people saying WhatsApp, WhatsApp. <laughs> I don't know. Is there a difference? I WhatsApp. don't know. WhatsApp and WhatsApp. Yeah, I've heard that too. (laughs) Uh, Maybe that's just the American version or something. You can uh, email us as well at info at LMFM.ie. Still to come on the show, of course, we'll have John Kyo, who's calling for a national memorial park for COVID victims and their families. He'll be joining us on the line. But first, if you were listening to the show yesterday, you would have heard me scratch my head about laughing yoga. Never heard of it. Don't know what it's all about. And I'm going to come into this like I'm a total newbie. So, Louise, Carolyn, you're going to fill me in and tell me what the crack is.
4: Hi, Alison. Thanks for having me on.
2: You're very welcome. Now, I do yoga. I do a bit of yoga in the mornings, but it's kind of just stretches and I swim as well. But laughing yoga, I never heard of it, I must confess. And Louise was raving about it yesterday. So what is laughter yoga?
4: Well, just as the title says, it's laughing. Um, Laughter is the exercise in laughter yoga. So you combine laughter and playfulness with yoga, breathing and stretching. It's absolutely brilliant fun. I hands down believe it's the best way to de-stress that there is out out there. You can feel the stress melting away in the moment. So uh, great for anybody who's feeling a little bit pressurized or stressed at the minute. I
2: think we all are. So, like, are you cracking jokes or are you, like, it just comes natural to you?
4: No, it's no joke for humour. We don't use jokes at all. No jokes. We use lots of eye contact, playfulness. We start by basically using fake laughter. It's all based on the the scientific proof that the body um, reacts the same to fake laughter as it does to real laughter. Okay. We simulate laughter to begin with. We use different sounds like, (laughs) <laughs> All those types of sounds to make your body pinkrink trick your body basically into laughing, and what happens is we do this on the group, and if you catch someone in the eye and they're laughing, you're actually going to laugh as well. So your fake laughter turns into real contagious laughter. Okay,
2: absolutely wonderful. No, I love laughing, and I have a big cackle as well. So, uh, oh, it's good. So that sounds like good fun. So, and and are you doing stretches in the middle of this, or is this? Are you laughing the whole way through it? We
4: use well, basically in a laughter yoga class, any person can can join in. Okay, so regardless of your age or your physical ability. But during it, we say do three laughing exercises. And they think they're pretty playful. You're moving around a lot. That's why we can't actually do it at the minute with restrictions. Mm. But hopefully at the end of October, we'll be back to laughter uh, yoga. But um, after about three of these laughing exercises, we stop. We do a couple of stretches that you'd be used to in your yoga class. I'm a fully qualified yoga teacher. Lovely. We do some um, poses depending on who's in the room and depending on their physical Mm. ability and lots of yogic breathing. And it then is all the same as your typical yoga class. We're moving and laughing towards stillness at the end. So you still get that lovely relaxation at the end.
2: Oh, very nice. Okay, and do you have people like that would just erupt into big laughter? Yes. <laughs>
4: and they, they are the ones that I love to have in my
2: group. Oh, then make I have to give laugh them. again. <laughs> and
4: yeah, you can even, even thinking about it, it's, it lifts the spirits, you know. But and I was, I was, was
2: laughing just, yesterday when Louise mentioned, it to me, just forced <laughs> out really? laughing. I got offended the giggles. And I was like, laughter yoga. <laughs> but I mean, I love laughing. I love laughing. Oh, you'll have to give it a go. When we're back,
4: you doing it, you'll have to give it a go. But surely, in your, uh, well, most. I don't know what your yoga class is like, that, you ha- that you attend at the minute but most of my classes have lots of laughter in the Like Never. You know, we I've never.
2: Take it seriously. No, there's never been. I've done Pilates. I've done the whole lot. There's never been laughing yoga. That's why it's, it's totally new to me and I said, I'm not even going to look this up. I'm not even going to prepare for it. I'm just going to ask you from beginning to end what it's all about because um, I, I've, I've never heard of it. Never. And I, and I do yoga.
4: Yeah. Well, it is very different and um, you know like when you go to a typical yoga class we have lots of stretching you know lots of poses the breathing the meditation mm. and bringing it down into relaxation but just imagine in the middle where you're doing your stretches in a laughter yoga class you're doing laughter you <laughs> know laughter exercises <laughs> which is absolutely hilarious and i'm not only saying this, this is fir- last yoga was the first thing i ever trained in as in my career and wellness and it's the best thing.
2: It's the thing that I keep on going back to. You know, I, I, I can't find anything better. And how, like you, you, did, you didn't start this. This was something you learned about first when you were training to be a yoga instructor. Oh,
4: yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't, definitely didn't start it. It was started by a group of doctors in India. And it's practiced. I think there's the last I saw, there was over 16,000 laughter clubs worldwide in over 100 countries. So unfortunately, I can't claim to have started all of that. <laughs> um, but I just cannot but you took it majority. on. Yeah, yeah, I took it on. I absolutely love it. I love yoga as well. I, I do. I'm a yoga teacher for adults and children. And we don't always laugh in class. You know, with kids, we, we generally always do. But it's something that I just love to intertwine a little bit into groups. Because I sometimes find, some people find
2: general yoga classes quite, Intimidating, maybe you know. They can be a bit. Oh yeah, I mean you can. You, you can definitely go and you see these elastic bands, and you are like, oh hold on a minute now. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, it has to be silent. Like who ever said that
4: practicing wellness or practicing mindfulness has to be silent?
2: No, oh, absolutely yeah. no. You are right. You are right. I just do it at home on my own at the moment because um because of COVID. But I would have gone to the classes and I would have done Pilates. And if you've had not any experience at all going in it is very intimidating because they're all it's very serious isn't it very serious and because of the culture
4: that we live in at the minute unfortunately people think that oh if I go to yoga class every person is going to have this fabulous bendy lean body they're Mm. going to be like gazelles on the mat No. It just doesn't have to be the case. Yoga is for everybody and every kind of body, you know, so. And that's that's the thing. And you're
2: never too old to go to yoga.
4: Oh, definitely not.
2: And you're never too old to laugh. We all have a good laugh. But laughing is so infectious. Oh, it
4: is. And I'm actually speaking of your your age and you're never too old. I actually used to um, do a lot of work in nursing homes. So it's absolutely fabulous way to get the, um, the residents of the nursing homes yeah. laughing. Because sometimes there's nothing to laugh at. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. none of us have, or mm-hmm. all of us have nothing to laugh at. Yep. But um, I think with dementia and all those kind of illnesses, you tend to lose your sense of humour. Yeah, and there's a lot of stress. Yeah, great lift for them.
2: Yeah, there is a lot of stress and frustration, you know, and then of course there's plenty of residents who are quite calm in their dementia, but there is, there can be a lot of frustration, so I I can see how it would work really well there.
4: Oh yeah, it's like anything else that boosts you, singing, laughing, you know, practising your your general yoga practice, it's all just to help lift the moods. Make us feel better.
2: Yeah. So Louise, if people want to join your class, give us your details there.
4: Well, they can find me at Steps to Wellness, uh, either on my website or on Facebook or Instagram. I will be actually, we're finally like back to group practice now. So next week, I'm starting back in the Knicks Clubhouse up in the Ratmullen Road for adults and children. And the following week, I'm starting a new class then in Afton Village. Brilliant with stuff. Both adults and children again, and hopefully some laugh yoga at the end of October. Okay, and we're allowed to move around more.
2: Well, I'm certainly going to look into it, Louise. That's Louise Carolyn there. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Late hi, Lunch. Hi, Alison. All right, <laughs> lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to The Late Lunch here on LMFM. I'm Alison O'Reilly and I'd love to hear from you. We're on the home stretch now. We're finished up at half past three and uh, you can text us on 086... 1-800-658 1-800-658 or you can email us at info at lmfm.ie and uh, John Keough who is calling for a national memorial park for, for COVID victims and their families will be joining us in just a few minutes but uh, just to have uh, something here for you now our live coverage of the Premier League continues this Saturday via the LMFM app or by clicking on the listen tab on the LMFM website. First up is Wolves versus Brentford at twelve thirty. And at three pm, it's Liverpool. Go on Liverpool versus Crystal Palace while Aston Villa take on Everton in the evening game at five thirty. Premier League live with now a stream live action from BT and Premier Sport with a now sports extra membership. So we're going to take a song now and uh, we'll be back to speak to um sorry, Alison. No, I'm just sorry, Laura Louise,
3: to here. On. Just, um, to, just to just let people know that if you live around the Carrick Macross area and are seeking full or part-time work then you might be interested in attending the Nuremoor Hotel Recruitment Evening which has taken place this evening from 4pm until 8pm at the hotel and there's a wide range of positions available there and no appointment is necessary so that's Nuremoor Hotel from 4 to 8pm
2: Lovely Let's take us on Welcome back to the Late Lunch on LMFM. Now, there isn't a family in Ireland who hasn't been affected by uh, a COVID pandemic. And obviously, great losses have happened in this country. We've lost a lot of good people um, all across the board to the COVID virus. And uh, John Keogh is on the line because he is calling for a national memorial park for COVID victims and their families. John, how are you?
7: I'm not too bad, Alison. How are you today?
2: I'm good, thanks. Thanks a million for joining us here on The Late Lunch. John, you have been uh, directly affected by COVID-19. You lost your sister.
7: That's correct. My sister Amanda, she was a professional healthcare worker. Um, She contracted COVID on the 6th of January and she was cremated on the 14th of February. That Uh,
2: has been an absolutely devastating loss for you and your family and you would feel the pain of of everybody who's walked that path.
7: Absolutely. I mean, over the last uh, few months, uh, certainly since uh, Mandy has died, I've heard so many stories of people who've lost loved ones to COVID and you know like I still think my sister's still going to phone me on the phone today but um, like it's very hard uh, with the circumstances of not having a proper burial, not having a proper get together with families when you lose a loved one and I think that has scarred so many people across the country. I think think you're right there John,
2: there's a lot of people who've been affected by that alone you know the funeral the fact that you know in Ireland we have huge funerals everybody goes and it's you know been part and parcel of our psyche it goes way back about our graves and funerals and the celebrations and it's meant to be a celebration but to be stripped of that in Covid has been just desperate for people
7: It has, I mean, it's it's Irish culture, it's the way we are we're known across the world for our million welcomes and, you, you know, we have to say goodbye to our loved ones and when you're standing in a crematorium and you're looking at a sealed coffin knowing that your sister was an amazing person had contributed so much to the world she was only 53 when she died she had so much life left to give and this was taken away from us. Not only did we have to say goodbye to our sister, we couldn't see her, we couldn't touch her, we couldn't feed her, we couldn't give her the going away that she deserved. Um, I think everyone who has lost a loved one with COVID would feel exactly the same way as I do.
2: What do you you say to people at the moment who are continuing to flout the guidelines but not just that who are like I mean it's, it's look it's your choice if you want to get a vaccine or not but with the vaccine rollout now do you see the positivity and more protection for the population?
7: Well I have to say when my son is 14 years of age and on Saturday morning he got a second vaccine. And I was never more proud to be Irish when I walked into the vaccine centre in Dublin. And i seen so many teenagers who wanted to be vaccine, vaccinated, who wanted to play their role in Irish society and, and wanted to help the country get out of this COVID pandemic. Mm. And it's through them, and to see it on Saturday when I was there, it was absolutely amazing. There was floods of teenagers queuing up to get their vaccine. Some of them were brought by their parents, and you know, and a lot of them were there of their own volition. They wanted to get it done. Yeah. And it's it's true. The young people, they will save the lives of the old people. And I know it sounds a bit cliche to say that, but like. This generation, the younger generation, they're the ones that will help us get out of the COVID crisis by getting vaccinated. And if a parent has a child who is suitable for vaccination, I think it's only right that they should do it and they should get it done.
2: And, and John, a Memorial Park for everybody who's died in the COVID pandemic from COVID, um, where did you get that idea?
7: Well, when my sister died, um, I looked at my sister's life and who she was. Um, she loved gardening and she loved forests. And I was going to plant one tree for her in a fr- on a friend's land up in Cavan. And it dawned on me at that time that my sister was not like that. She would say to me, well, what about everybody else? You know, like, do they not deserve a tree? Do they not deserve to be remembered? And that's where it came from, and it started from there. And, you know, like, my sister was so generous. She loved helping people. She cared for a lot of old people through her work. And you can't just remember one person. You have to remember everyone. It's Everybody has been affected. Every walk of life has been affected. And the energy, um, the way my sister was, she would say, well, what about everybody else? And that's why I'm here. It's for everybody else.
2: Yeah, and you, you've launched quite a powerful campaign and you're very visible on Facebook. What's the reaction like from the county councils? Um, where do you plan to have this park?
7: Okay, well... I set out initially to uh, campaign for the creation of a National Memorial Forest uh, somewhere in Ireland that everyone can visit as the forest matures. And as part of that campaign, um, we, we, we set up a website. Uh, there's a website uh, called the org and we set up a virtual forest. So we see the tree as a representation of the physical body, but we want to create a virtual forest, a virtual memorial for everyone who died. So not only can the past life be be recorded online, but the new life events that that person has missed out on can be placed within a virtual world. And that's how it came about. Uh, I It started from one tree, and now, you know, it's gone to thousands of trees. And everyone that I have said it to, they've all said, this is amazing, it's fantastic, how can I help, what can I do? people have been absolutely fantastic and I I can't do it without the support of people.
2: And where is it at now, John?
7: At the moment, we have uh, 480 virtual trees uh, recorded on the website for people who registered a loved one that died. We have... um, We've canvassed a lot of councillors and a lot of TDs. Uh, We we also canvassed uh, President Michael D. Higgins, and he has submitted a letter to the Department of the Taoiseach for consideration. Now, as part of, of that plan, what we've decided to do is to start in a small step by getting each council around the country to plant one single tree in their jurisdiction on the 1st of October of this year. The 1st of October this year is International Older Persons Day. And that day was was marked as a celebration and a remembrance for older people in our society and our community. And given that the proportionate amount of people who died we're over the age of seventy. There's no better way, uh, no fitting way, to remember the loved ones that have lied that have died within that age group. And uh, today we have a lot of councils have come on board that have agreed to plant a tree on that day. But there's a lot more councils out there, and we won't stop till we get them all.
2: And you, as you said, you've had remarkable. Um Response from the people on your Facebook page as well as your website. Uh, we're past now five thousand deaths in Ireland um, to to COVID. What's it like, John, when you lose somebody to to COVID the way you did?
7: There's no way of explaining how it feels. It's some people say it's like a murder. Some people say it's like the person has been abducted or stolen from you. You cannot explain it. You just... When my sister went into Beaumont Hospital, we worried straight away. But she got the Delta variant and it was so aggressive that we hadn't time to think. It just was one thing after another. She would have made a small improvement one day. The next day she would have declined more, you know. And it just got to a point where... Her body, her soul, and her heart just gave up to COVID. That's
2: so sad. And, Very sad. And
7: you're all you're 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 all at home. Like I done myself, my wife, and my son. We did a video call uh, with my sister uh, before she was put in an induced coma. They thought that may have helped her to uh, to allow her body to try and fight COVID. But when we did our video call, and everyone who's listening knows what that video call is like it's the last moment you see your loved one.
0: And that's it. Once you
7: press that end button and you switch off your phone or your tablet, that is the last moment you have seen your loved one. And that is it. It's final, you know. And a lot of people think that COVID is not real. COVID is something that, Government brought out to control the population oh, Nonsense, yeah, you know?
2: nonsense I mean the science is there John but look, I mean what you're doing is a fabulous idea and it's a great tribute to your sister Amanda who tragically passed from COVID just give our listeners your website and your Facebook pages again before you go
7: Yeah, the Facebook page is The National Memorial Forest on Facebook and then the website is thenationalmemorialforest.org You can register a virtual tree on that and um, what I would say is please canvass your local politicians and TDs uh, to one, to try and and get a single tree planted on the 1st of October in your county and the second one is for them to support the idea of a National Memorial Forest. I know Michael Martin um, (coughs) last week um, said uh, they were looking for submissions for some way to remember the people who died. Um, That's a good one. Yeah, that's a Yeah, I started my campaign two weeks after my sister died, and the majority of people, they want something, they need something to remember their loved ones. They weren't just numbers, they were human people, they had families, they had so much to give society and um, they're gone. Um, we just can't remember them as being a number.
2: Okay, John. Well, thanks very much for joining us here on The Late Lunch and the best of luck with it. We'll check in with you again. That's okay. John Keogh there calling for a National Memorial Park for COVID victims. We've run out of time, but we'll be back tomorrow. Connor Lenehan will be on. We'll be talking circuses and lots, lots more. Eddie Caffrey
0: is on the way. Ready to pop the question? Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig.